48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The chief executive takes a much-needed rest while her fractured elbow heals. Five Chinese university students are jailed for nearly five years each for rioting. And authorities seize two billion US dollars worth of chilled meat from an unlicensed cold store. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says it'll take two to three weeks for her fractured right elbow to heal and she'll get some rest in the meantime. Mrs Lam was kept in hospital overnight on Monday for observation after her injury at Government House. This morning's Executive Council meeting and the preceding media session were also cancelled. Timmy Sung reports. Carrie Lam uploaded a selfie to her Facebook page hours after being discharged from the hospital, explaining how she fell in Government House on Monday night. The chief executive said she slipped on the stairs before a farewell dinner at her official residence for retiring colleagues. And at first, she thought she just had a few scratches. But Mrs Lam said she decided to go to hospital after the pain grew. An x-ray at Queen Mary Hospital showed part of her right elbow was chipped and a cast was needed to help it recover. She said the biggest problem now was putting on clothes and writing. Mrs Lam said she would take the opportunity to get some rest, pointing out that she hadn't taken leave for nearly three years. And she says she will be back leading Hong Kong after recharging. Chief Secretary John Lee will be acting chief executive in her absence. Five Chinese university students have been sentenced to up to four years and 11 months in prison after they were convicted of rioting at the institution two years ago. Francis Sitt reports. The five, aged 20 to 23, were arrested amid violent clashes between protesters and police officers at the Number 2 Bridge on the university's campus on November 11, 2019. Lao Chen-yuk, Ko Pan, Chan Lixik and Hui Yichun were jailed for four years and nine months, while Fu Hoi-ching, who was prosecuted while on bail over another case, received an extra two months. They were also found guilty of breaching the face mask ban, while Fu and Ho were convicted of an extra charge of possessing offensive weapons or instruments fit for unlawful purposes. Deputy District Judge Kathy Chung said the defendants must have intended to join or encourage protesters at the scene because they showed up in dark-coloured clothes and protective gear. She agreed with the prosecution who likened the scene to a battlefield, noting that patrol bombs were thrown towards the police. During mitigation pleas, some of the defendants expressed regret, while others insisted on their innocence. The judge acknowledged that the punishments would affect the students' studies and their future, but she didn't accept any mitigations besides their young ages and good backgrounds. Authorities say they've seized thousands of tons of meat worth about two billion Hong Kong dollars from an unlicensed cold store near Lok Ma Chow. Here's Timmy Sung again. Officers from the police and the food and environmental hygiene department swooped on a container yard on Mai Polong Road. They said they discovered about 200 refrigerated containers packed with chilled meat including pork, beef and lamb. Detective Chief Inspector Lin Kintak said the meat weighed more than 5,600 tons. He said they were investigating where the meat came from and whether it was destined to be smuggled elsewhere. A 34-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of operating an unlicensed coal store. The government says there will be five more designated quarantine hotels for incoming travellers starting in December. Aaron Tam reports. 
The move will bring the total number of such hotels to 40, the authorities have said, adding this will cope with a possible uptick in demand due to the Christmas and Lunar New Year holidays. The new hotels are the iClub Fortress Hill Hotel, the O Hotel in Kowloon City, the Nina Hotel Chunwan West, the Lanson Place Causeway Bay, and the Holiday Inn Golden Mile in Simsa Choi. The government says there will be more than 11,000 rooms available at different rates for travellers. To the weather forecast, becoming cloudy with one or two light rain patches in the morning. A minimum temperature of about 24 degrees. Sunny periods again tomorrow with a top temperature of about 29 degrees and moderate easterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore at first. The outlook, a few showers on Thursday with temperatures falling significantly later. It'll be cooler with a few rain patches on Friday and on Saturday. Temperatures will fall below 20 degrees in the mornings. Currently, the observatory, 26 degrees Celsius, humidity 78%. You're listening to the news on RTHK. It's exactly five minutes past 11. The Tourism Board has announced that this year's Wine and Dine Festival will be held throughout next month and includes what it calls a city wine walk offer. The annual event was moved online last year at the height of the pandemic, but this year participants can buy a tasting pass which will allow them to taste wine and special menus at more than 50 restaurants and bars. The board's executive director, Dane Cheng, says the organisers are still hampered by COVID restrictions this time, but he hopes next year's festival will take place at a mega venue like in the past. With the COVID situation, obviously we have been trying new formats and new perspectives in introducing and promoting to the world uh, the uh, fine dining experiences of Hong Kong. And I think we had a very good uh, experience last year. We've been very successful. Uh, we're moving uh, the physical event uh, to a hybrid physical and also online event. And this year we are trying something different by bringing the event further to the community, into the neighborhood. Uh, as a DIY, taking our residents of Hong Kong to enjoy the wining and dining scene in Hong Kong. The mainland has reported nine new domestically transmitted COVID-19 cases, the highest daily tally since the end of September. As Natalie Ching reports, a city in Inner Mongolia is enforcing a soft lockdown to contain the spread of the virus. The National Health Commission said out of the nine new local cases, two were found in Inner Mongolia. Officials in Ehrenhaut advised its 76,000 residents not to leave their houses unless absolutely necessary after four local cases emerged from the city over the past week. Vehicles have been banned from leaving or entering the city, and all indoor venues such as cinemas, internet cafes and gyms have been ordered to close. Meanwhile, several cases have also been reported from the city of Xi'an in Shanxi province. The city has suspended some tourist sites for disinfection, and people arriving from outside Shanxi province are required to show the negative results. Locally, health officials have reported two new imported COVID-19 cases. One of the cases involves a three-year-old girl who flew in from Mongolia via Korea. The other patient is a fully vaccinated man who arrived from the UK. The Standing Committee of the National People's Congress started its session today and will run until Saturday. The session's agenda includes reviewing draft laws on family education promotion, land borders, wetlands protection, futures and anti-telecom fraud. Lawmakers will also deliberate draft amendments to the audit law, the anti-monopoly law and the civil procedure law. 
South Korea's military has said the North has fired a suspected submarine-launched ballistic missile into the sea. Meanwhile, the Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, said two ballistic missiles had been fired and called the launch very regrettable. Yoshihiko Isozaki is Japan's Deputy Chief Cabinet Secretary. It threatens the peace and security of our country, including their previous consecutive firings of missiles. This is a severe problem for our country and the international society. The act of firing these missiles is a violation of the UN Security Council resolution and is extremely regrettable. The military government in Myanmar has begun releasing hundreds of political prisoners who were detained for opposing February's coup. Family members cheered and waved flowers as buses carried the released men and women out through the gates of insane prison in Yangon. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports from neighbouring Thailand. The mass release still leaves nearly 2,000 opponents of the coup in detention, including the ousted leader Aung San Suu Kyi. It's not clear what the military government will do next. Until this week, it had refused to make any concessions, despite facing a mass uprising across the country over its violent suppression of the protests which followed the coup. The top US envoy to Afghanistan, Zalmay Khalilzad, is stepping down, less than two months after America's chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Mr Khalilzad had led the US dialogue with the Taliban, but months of diplomacy failed to stop the militants from sweeping through the country and seizing power. Police in Bangladesh say they've arrested around 450 people in connection with recent attacks on the Hindu minority. Several Hindu temples and businesses were destroyed in the worst communal violence there in a decade. The violence began last week in the southeast when hundreds of Muslim, Muslims protested, accusing some Hindus of insulting the Quran. Six people died as police fought to restrain angry crowds. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has appealed for billions of US dollars of investment in green technologies, saying governments and companies must work together on climate change. He was speaking less than two weeks before he hosts the United Nations Climate Summit. We're going through three huge transformations, each of them driving the other and each helping to make this a better place to invest. And the first is the Green Industrial Revolution, the 10-point plan, the new Decalogue that I brought down from Sinai last year, which is today being elaborated in our plan for net zero to build back greener. Mr. Johnson and the Microsoft founder Bill Gates announced a 500 million US dollar partnership to further develop green technologies that are currently too expensive for the market. Britain has promised to hit net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, but critics say its current policies will not deliver that goal. The Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki has said his country will not yield to blackmail after the European Commission threatened to withhold EU funds in an escalating dispute over a Polish court's challenge to the primacy of European law. Earlier, the Commission's head, Ursula von der Leyen, promised action against Poland. First option, infringements, where we legally challenged the judgment of the Polish Constitutional Court. Another option is the conditionality mechanism and other financial tools. The Polish government has to explain to us how it intends to protect European money given this ruling of their constitutional court. Dominik Tarczynski, an MEP from Poland's governing Law and Justice Party, told the BBC it didn't accept her view. 
we are very happy to be the members of the European Union. We are l very loyal member of the European Union according to the treaty. And the treaty is very, very clear. Judiciary is in the hands of the member states. That's it. To sports news now, Hong Kong's harbour race might be able to make a comeback on December the 12th, according to organisers. Here's Francis Sip. The cross-harbour swimming event was cancelled last year due to the pandemic, but the Hong Kong-China Swimming Association said it plans to bring back the event this year, with the COVID outbreak easing in recent months. The association said it's in talks with authorities on infection control measures, and details will be announced if the event is approved by the end of this month. It says tight measures will be adopted, such as requiring swimmers to be fully vaccinated and produce proof of a negative COVID test. To football and the English Premier League, where there was late drama as Arsenal scored an equaliser with almost the last kick of the game in their 2-2 draw with Crystal Palace. Palace boss Patrick Vieira, on his return to the club where he spent nine trophy-laden seasons as a player, could hardly believe his side hadn't won it. I was really disappointed to concede the goal at the end because I think... Um the players, especially in the second half, work well and work really hard. And they deserve it to take those three points. So I feel sorry for them. Arsenal are 12th in the table, eight points off the lead. Palace are three points further back in 14th. The England men's national team have been ordered to play one match behind closed doors because of fan trouble at Wembley Stadium during the Euro 2020 final. The ban has to be in a game under UEFA's jurisdiction, so it'll be a Nations League game next June. UEFA also imposed a ban for a second game, which is suspended for two years. European football's governing body said English fans had invaded the pitch, thrown objects and disturbed the playing of national anthems. Next to Cricket's T20 World Cup, Curtis Camphor took a remarkable four wickets in four deliveries to lead Ireland to a seven-wicket win over the Netherlands. The seamer reduced the Netherlands from 51 for two to 51 for six in Abu Dhabi, where the Dutch were dismissed for 106. Camphor also got it done with a bat. He hit the winning runs for Ireland and was man of the match. Oh, to be honest, I didn't feel feel the best out there. I've, I've come back from injury, but I just tried to bang the wicket down, keep hitting my hard length. Um, the first over wasn't as planned, and obviously Bal, the skipper, had faith in me, and it just worked out, actually. Any day I don't bat is, is a good day, but listen, to knock off six runs or ten runs when I walk in, it's really nice. Sri Lanka defeated Namibia by seven wickets in the other Group A match. Group B resumes today with Amman taking on Bangladesh. Scotland face Papua New Guinea. In the baseball playoffs, the Boston Red Sox have taken the lead in the American League Championship Series. The Red Sox pounded the Houston Astros in Game 3 at Fenway Park, hitting four home runs, including a grand slam by Kyle Schwarber in a six-run second inning. Boston rolled to a 12-3 win for a two-games-to-one lead in the best-of-seven. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The chief executive takes some much-needed rest with her fractured while her fractured elbow heals. And five Chinese university students are jailed for nearly five years each for rioting. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3.
Susie Quattro teaming up with the former frontman of the band Smokey, Chris Norman, for that track. And it all came together purely by a chance. The album If You Knew Susie was being recorded in Cologne in Germany. And uh, almost next door in Dusseldorf, the band Smokey were receiving an award. So after the ceremony, they all had a bit of an afters party. And that's where the music broke out. And apparently Chris Norman sang a medley of the hits that he wrote with uh, Nikki Chin and then later Susie Quattro took to the stage with Chris Norman so as she played bass Norman put his arm around her and uh, Chapman got an idea of doing the duet and as you heard it was stumbling in I think her biggest impact in America was to be a roller's leather Scudero in the TV show Happy Days she was in there about 77 through to around 79 Into our second hour this Tuesday, Peter King with you through till one. Here's a great track.